1: and with beds and Bottles. Got a special, special guest today. I
2: ain't special. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guest, though, you are What up, it's Lil' Man.
1: Uh, love Who else? Up, bro? Who else? We got the guy uh, in the building. It feels good to have my guy. I mean, my brother, what's up,
2: building. man? Damn. I t- I t- I t- Congratulations
1: up. on this. This dope. I appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Man, appreciate it. People you're working not- hard trying to, you know what I mean, get things together. They're you're doing a great job, man. I, I saw a couple of videos. Just look. Right. Good job. And, and you know, you know, I knew this guy almost 15 years, right? Yeah. So I had to tell him like, yo, bro, when I'm interviewing you today, yo, like I got no holes bars. <laughs> I gotta ask you the questions that people wanna hear. We even we even <laughs> ask people what questions to ask you. So, you know what I mean? You know you got a nice fan base and following. Yeah. We just wanted to get real in depth I, with I,
2: it. I don't know if you remember the first time we met, Car Street from the park in the That's house. Which which one? What? Oh, I think we was on 20th. It was literally across the street from the park in Irvington. Oh, 21st, 21st, oh, off Montgomery. Not my boy. Yeah.
1: Eh? One of them. Oh yeah, yeah. In the living room, it's like 90 years in there. Oh, that. Oh, he we was. Talk, you know, he talking about. He talking about Hop Spot. Did, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, G Hop Spot.
2: I think we was there planning an event.
1: Right, right. Oh yeah. Up, up and coming. Up close, up close, person to. 2009, 2010. Yeah, that's. Wow, that was legendary. Yeah, that was Yeah, my yeah, name. he talking about Montgomery. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. That was good times, man. Yeah, that was perfect. So, you know, we want to really get in depth with you, you know what I mean? I know everybody know you, but you might be new to our viewers. So, you know, we want you to get your origin story, where it started with you. Oh, uh, Start from the beginning.
2: Started in Georgia, King Village. Um, it was a place called Big Al Records down there on West Market. What well, year? Uh.
1: For you, I'm saying for you around that time. This
2: had to be every bit of 2005, 2004. Oof. 2005, 2004. High school years. Yeah, I wasn't even actually... Yeah, I was like a, a, a sophomore, junior. Right. Actually, 2001, 2002 is when I got an ear for the music and I started messing with the tables, but I didn't really... Learn how to DJ to like 2003, junior year, right. sophomore year, junior year. Uh, but it started at Big Owl Records, though, uh, on West Market Street, right there behind Georgia King Village with Great Wall Chinese Restaurant. Right, right, right. McDonald's, right. Wendy's, all of that. So yeah. it really started there. Before I was at Big Owls, I was outside selling CDs with my Uncle Khalif. We were selling CDs in front of the uh, Chinese store.
1: Man, you always had that hustle ambition in Yeah, you.
2: yeah. So I'm talking about, I used to like, we used to have it on Smash, speak out there, mixtapes. So we started. Off, I started off selling CDs, and then uh, it was the cleaners there first. Went into the cleaners; they was gutting it out. Big Al, Troy, and a couple of other guys. And I uh, went in there like, "Yo, y'all need some help? You know what I'm saying? Y'all need right. some hands?" They said, "Yeah, yeah." Went in there a couple of days; they gave me assignment. I was walking out of there with like two fifty a day. Oh, just at just that time, you're I learned how to sheetrock. rock. Everything. I learned on how, how to spot. spackle there. I learned like they taught me so much hands-on stuff there. Uh, and I didn't know, I never asked them what it was going to be. Right. Just was trying to like, you know, get money. And, uh, four, four months after doing all of that, they finally like, it's yeah, there's going to be a record store. And I'm like, record store. I'm like, all right, cool. We start hanging up the wall platters and stuff. Then, the, then the little hooks where the records go. And then the CD racks, this is when CDs was selling crazy. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And, Dang. uh, so it turned into a record store. Um, and, uh, the finished product was just unbelievable to be able to have a P a part to play in turning a laundry mat cleaners into a record store was, was, was like legendary That's history. Me. You know what I mean? And I learned how to use my hands from there. Like before I, I probably wasn't doing none of that shit with spackling pain, all of that. Like I learned a lot with big them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So shout out to big Al a uh, shout out to his wife, Dion shout out to BAP shout out to them. They was good. Good older brothers who took care of me, man. Real shit. So, from there, did you transition to the P-Unit parties? So, in the, before that, in the mix of that, uh, because I always had the promoter side, who opened the doors for me and the promoter is Knockout. Mm-hmm. Uh Hollywood and Holly- Jordan. Okay, okay. Um and they was they started doing the parties over there on Roosevelt. My uncle owned the spot. It was called Soul Blessings, SB on but Roosevelt. But you wasn't DJing
1: yet. You just I wasn't, promoting it. I was uh-huh. just
2: promoting. Right. Uh, it was called Soul Blessings on Roosevelt and six six seventh Seventh Avenue. Right. And uh my Uncle Fahim owned the spot and uh Knockout and them used to rent it from them. And uh I started doing parties at Ortega Hall on 6th Avenue, 12th Street. Right, right. And uh, the parties was going crazy. We was doing our thing. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm practicing at this point. Still at Big Al's every day. And then uh, I I started to get the hang of it. I felt like, you know what I mean, I had the option to be in the streets or
1: play some music. But you know what it is? I always tell these dudes this. Back in the day, if you was a young nigga, if you dealt with the street niggas or not, if you had the CDs going, if you was pumping the CDs, you was the man. Especially if you was like yep. 14 doing it, 15 to us. Because Wells else we was going to be able to hit that exclusive? You know yeah. what I mean?
2: Not only that, all the drug dealers will always wanted that new song they heard on the radio to play in their g Rods. Right, that's fact. Those were who had all the hottest cars with that's the niggas fact. on the block. So if I'm out there pumping CDs over there by the Chinese store, Ferg and I'm going to tell you, like, those are some good brothers, man. Ferg right. and watch me grow up. Like, they they sat there. They used to come and throw money at me and all that. Ferg, Hanif, H&F, and them, they good brothers, yeah. man.
1: Right, good dude. Real
2: shit. They they saw me come from a little-ass, 12, 13-year-old, and, and to now. So, but yeah, man, like, I, I, that's where it all started there. But before that, I was in Barringer. So we always rapped and we did ciphers in Barringer right, every day.
1: right. And you was a part heavy. of that. I even. was in that cypher, heavy. <laughs> Rapping in there, heavy, <laughs> heavy in a cypher. So bring us back to the P unit, like he asked you. Um, oh, you know, so the P
2: unit of- came on in transition of, of, of the Big Al records, Uh store up and running, everything good. I'm in there running it. I'm practicing every day on the turntables. I didn't learn how to DJ first. I started off engineering, hooking up equipment. Learning how to utilize the, the the wires and stuff. Right. Learning XLRs from quarter inches. So it's and,
1: more so on the sound side. Yeah,
2: on the sound side, I, I started doing that engineering stuff. Um, so I was doing all the Big Al sound for all his parties whatever he had to DJ. Right, right. I would go set up the system before he get there.
1: Uh, so
2: I started off as an engineer. Bottom. Bottom. Exactly. Like I'm talking about carrying equipment like big speakers. Carrying like, crates. Yeah, I was doing. I was that dude. I was that dude carrying speakers and all of that. Um. I had got with a couple of boys that we all went to Barringer and we just formed a group called P on it. Rob, uh, Joe, R, Mike, it was a lot of us, man. We, we, Spanish, Dominican, we all got together and we used to meet at Ab House. Mm. And Ab was on 12th Street and we used to put $2 every day inside of a pot until we had enough money to rent a location and pay our sound guy. And how long did that take? Oh, um, some of them was on a block and then I was making money every week with the
1: place. So it really did, it probably took us about two weeks. Oh, we why? only
2: needed fifteen hundred dollars.
1: So, Lou you never been to a P-Unit party? Nah, you know I'm was I'm a full fledged unit parties. That used, to be a, <laughs> that used to be a little vibe. Oh, it was gangbangers that did. Yeah, but I went. Nah. I'm like I wasn't going to no parties until almost. Nah, 20 years I, know, I, was, I know like, what type of life you was living. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's a different thing. P-Unit yeah, so parties I
2: mean, we, we motherfuckers used to every every Friday we all get up in there. Uh, every day we'll drop off two dollars after school. That was our walk path. We go drop off two dollars every day after school. Friday we'll count up what we got. Why oh, right, we got five hundred? Why oh, right, we got a thousand? All right, well damn we got fifteen hundred. The spot only cost seven hundred. The sound only want three fifty. We got enough to buy water So now we could get to it. Let's get it. Mm. So we we planned everything out. We had a, a treasurer. We had where the money. Rob and Joe Marvis the treasurer. They kept the money at their crib on 12th Street. And, um, and then I, Alpha Team and Ab was, like, the little the pro- promoters. And then I was the marketer slash DJ in the a, in a mix-up. Oh,
1: yeah. So that's your first experience with DJing my, on exactly. your Exactly.
2: So before that, Frosty was my DJ. Uh, you
1: know what yeah. I'm saying?
2: Frosty was DJing yeah. before me. So And uh and, and just to take it a step further, before after Big Al Records, my first official gig was at Branchbrook. I was at Branchbrook every Friday.
1: Oh, when well, niggas was fighting now, Wait, I went to nine, them joints. was getting nine, nine, dollars, nine, and
2: nine to two, I was getting paid yeah. seventy five dollars a session, nigga.
1: Yeah, we was getting duffed out down there back in the day. <laughs> the, Ooh, the blood you know <laughs> like, like, was yeah, ass ass Frosty had it,
2: Saturdays and I had Fridays. I had Fridays six to nine and nine to two. I was getting seventy five dollars a session. Jordy was the manager there. Then Malik was the manager there, and Frosty was there on Saturdays six to nine and nine to two. Uh, I mean uh six to nine and nine and twelve. They didn't do the two on uh Saturdays. Yeah. Uh but Frosty had every Saturday, had every Friday. And that's where my learning and love, my love for DJ really came from there. The party promoting was just me promoting and me paying the DJ, but the love for DJing came from from Big Al's and then the Branchbrook. Right. You know what I mean? So uh but then the party scene start going on, we start pulling out massive of people, and I'm like, all right, cool, it's time for us to get a bigger spot. Uh so I went from p on it, calling it p on it, the movement because it was bigger than just p on it. We had a whole right. movement. We had like ten street teams under us. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we all across the city. Now we got people from different places, different hoods. Right. We got all types of people. Uh, girl groups, guy groups. We had young groups, and um. Uh, so I came across the boys and girls club, and they're from the boys and girls the one club, one on it Clinton Alves, so, so uh oh uh, yeah, Clinton Avenue, Avon
1: Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So how did you divide the money? Um, you know what I'm saying? Because you so many different people that you. So at the what beginning, it.
2: what happened was it was going. We was doing so good, but everybody started to to grow out of it. Mm. So our last party, we split the pot evenly. Me, okay. Jomar, Rob, Alpha Team, Ab, Mike, we all split the pot evenly. I think our last party we made about eight thousand. So everybody went <clears throat> away with about like 860, dollars a piece. And not only that, we paid Jomar's mother. Uh, we gave like mom and his sister money. His sister, because she worked the door. So we paid right, her, too. Right, like, right. you were part of the team as well. You made it a family thing. Exactly. So I kept it going. I used that money that I got from there, and um, I just built on top of it, and I threw my own party. Oh, and, and I man. ran with the P on it. Actually, Joe Mar and Rob and me own P on it to this day.
1: And what was what year was that last party you think it was? My
2: <laughs> last party with Rob and them had to be every bit of 2006. Wow, six. I want to say six. 2006, we did our last party at Ortega Hall. It was the final episode. Damn. Yep, it was the final episode.
1: So we want to speed pass a little further because you just mentioned, you know, Frosty Name. Yeah. We want to get into that before we get into the other stuff. Movie right? Brothers. Movie Brothers. Yeah. So how did that take shape? And 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 it's it's a look, this is gonna be like a complicated question, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, nah, and it's, cool. it's gonna it may take a couple minutes. So you know, how did you Meet Frosty, and you started dealing with him. Obviously, you said you was booking him, yeah. but then do you feel like you play a part in the turmoil that he been going through lately, with him being jumped, being shot, oh, and just having you know what I mean this hard luck.
2: I met Frosty uh, at Branch Brook, um, and that was at the beginning. I was there for a session, I, and I'm like, I just right, do the DJ. I'm still I'm in the engineering time. Uh, I said I'm gonna book you for a party, book them for a punit party. Uh, at the time, I'm still learning how to DJ myself with Big Al, so I met him at Branch Brook. I continue to uh, build my relationship with the Branch Brook manager. Then decided to say, "Just give me a Friday night. Just give me a shot." They gave me a shot, and I kept kept it going consistently every Friday. Um, I can honestly say that I love that brother. Like I love him genuinely. That's right. my that's it my shows. that's my brother. Yeah. And, we, and, and, we and one thing everybody can't say is I'm I'm a disloyal nigga. Like you know, I'm a lawyer uh, I'm a loyal by default, but at the same token. I got to be able to uh, uh,
1: separate yourself from the not situation. only separate
2: myself, but I got to be able to chastise them and check them as well. Right. Like right is right and wrong is wrong. Real shit. You know what I'm saying? And 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 um, I believe in if you taking taking anybody's money, you don't know that that's for their children. All right. You taking food out of their kids mouth. You know what I mean? So I mean, you provide so, the services. Exactly. So now back just to go back a little bit, I wasn't I was at the event where he had got shot but I left early because I don't stay at parties. You know, I was outside on, on that other side of time too. Like, right, right. Yeah. I was moving reckless. I had one foot in the street and one, one foot in the music, but all my niggas around me was outside. Right. So I never stayed to the end of the party, but I stayed long enough. You know, the girls just come in, we out, we keep it moving. Me and the gang, um, I got a phone call when we get in a, Actually, he got shot here in Elizabeth. Right. I got a phone call when we got to, uh, I want to say one and nine by lobby saying that it was just a shooting Frosty They got shot. I'm like, Frost, Frosty? Like, he's a fucking DJ, really?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And uh he got shot in his cousin Mike car right under the bridge. Right. Um, and uh came back there, it was all taped up and all of that stuff. They had already took him to the ambulance and stuff. I didn't know the severity of it, but I'm like, damn, Frost is a DJ. Like, what is it, a target for DJs now? Right, right. So everybody feeling a certain type of way, because Frost ain't no fighter, He not into with that type of shit. Right. Get to the hospital. Uh, we get a chance. We don't get a chance to see him then and there. They kept him. Got a chance to see him the next day. Doctors coming in there Like There's a bullet stuck in your neck. You know what I'm saying? He he got you all got the button. He, he in pain. So I understood I was shocked. So I understand mine was an in and out. I didn't have a, you know, one lodged in me. But at the right. end of the day, um, oh, I saw that he was in shcoosh, like he was in a lot of pain because he had the button. Uh, so, you know, we stood up there a couple days and stuff like that, but I started to notice he would push the button a lot often. Right. And, uh, he'll hit the button and, and ask for the nurse. Hey, look, I need more. It's not working. It's not working. I'm like, damn, Frost, like, that's a strong drug. Like, what did right. you keep pushing that button for? Looking like?
0: at his pain tolerance.
2: And, um, uh, that was the beginning of an addiction, bro. And that's just the real shit of it. And, I, and, and, and that's just, that's it. That was the beginning, right then and there. Him being shot and that bullet being in his uh his neck, which is still in it, is still in now. And um him wanting that high that, that button gave him in the hospital, his crave for that is the reason why I think this is a new side of him we see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. and the fact of the matter is if everybody you know, like I, I stuck through him even through the roughest. Like I've always was told never cook to kick a nigga wing down. You feel me? Right, right. And uh and that's my brother, even to this day. I mean Niggas, you, you got to check him. I mean, I love him from a distance. I can't be around him, can't be associated with him, can't stand next to him, but I can call him good. You know what I'm saying? Check right. on him here and there, make sure he good. Um, I just saw the video, and the video was disturbing because Frosty not a fighter.
1: Right, but, but you never
2: know you, what,
0: you know what I mean? You do know that was I, his cousin, though. I do know
2: that. That's what I was yeah. about to say. After doing a little research, I'm like, that's his family. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's his family who did that. So at the end of the day... If your family willing to put their hands on you and take it to the extent to expose you, one, that's your blood. I can't, can't yeah. trip on your family. Two, what did you do?
0: What did you do is the You know person? what I'm saying?
2: Like, and that's again, my biggest thing is, like I don't play with people's time and money at the end of the day. So if it's a situation going on and somebody addressing it, knowing his track record was touching and playing with people's money, I'm not about to jump into that. As much as I love the dude and as much as all my niggas fuck with him, we can't intervene with that. That's, that's a choice you made. That's real and shit, me bro. knowing he's not a fighter makes me even feel even worse. But you got a choice. Everybody got a choice. You made a decision to do what you knew you shouldn't have been doing. So it ain't nothing that I can really do about that.
1: You got to lay in the bed, you made.
2: That's it. And I love him. And I'd say it in front of everybody. And he's still the toughest DJ. And I don't think nobody fucking with him. He was and I put dope. all my money on that. And he, he had dope, a, a dope
0: ear for music, too. <laughs> like,
2: it's crazy. It's, it's, I'm just like I said. Everybody shitted on him. Everybody turned their back when he was going through that. And I was the same nigga still stuck and through with the shit. Like, all right, I got him. Now nah, we gave him a couple more thing. looks after that. Right. Gave him a lot more looks. Mm. Choices, I like everybody has a choice. Either you're right. gonna stand with a nigga when he's down, or you're gonna you're gonna forward and fall back. And my loyalty always been an issue in life in general. Like right, you know right. what I'm saying? I think that that's what everybody, if you're really a loyal person, it catches up to you. So I don't judge him, I tell him about itself. And then I tell him I love
1: you. you no, know, I met Frosty th- through uh, GL. Like I didn't really have a real relation with shit with him. You know, you was moving up those years, so to get in contact you was different. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's and, a and, fact. And Hollywood, and <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I'm not ahead. even even now. It kind of hit you was different. You know what I mean? And I just wanted to say while while we on air though, at the same time, is to your son. You know what I mean? You know, I know that. we didn't really touch on that. I wanted to speak on that as well. Yeah, if you don't mind that. talking about no, that, I don't. I and, don't. And where you at with it? You know yeah. what I mean?
2: I mean, it's a learning experience, man. Every day is a push and a different prayer. I look at things completely different. You feel me? Right. Um, At the beginning, I I blamed a lot of people. And I'm not going to say who I blame, but I think that anybody in the the chance of losing a child, you get to start to figure out, well, how, why, when? How Mm -hmm. did this happen? You understand what I'm saying? Like, as a child, as a parent, you're supposed to be more hands-on with. And I feel like because we wasn't in the same state, my hands-on wasn't as hands-on as it should have been. Right, right. So before I point blame, I got to I gotta figure out where I went wrong at. You know what I'm man, saying?
1: Man, that's man shit. That's so, man shit you just said, bro. Yeah,
2: understanding my flaws and where I failed that I have to take that on the chin and then analyze the situation. Like, what if I did? How, how things would have been different? And although I know that answer to that, because I've been in the courts fighting for this for right. months prior to this situation happening.
1: Right, right, right.
2: And uh, I mean, it's just it's just it's just unfortunate that I had to either, you know, endure that, but I don't question God. And that's just real shit, my nigga. I feel like things happen for a reason. And um, and and it and it sucks that I had to, it had to be my son. And not only my son, four other parents' sons. Like right. everybody in the car died, not just him. Yeah, that's Um,
1: unfortunate.
2: But everything is a a learned experience. I look at everything completely different. I spend more time with my daughter now, like, every day.
1: Right.
2: You know what I'm saying? I'm more hands-on with everything, every choice, every decision, every move, every step. Conversations are different. I'm not uh, trying to be the the bully father and trying to enforce certain things. Let's talk about it. Like, let's have a conversation. Let's build a little different. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you to grow up and be that young lady that have to sneak Nah, we can talk about it. Like right. you had a rough daughter? day. She thirteen. She just went to eighth grade social yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. um, um, it's just more so on some shit like let's have real dialogue and conversations. If your day is having a rough, Alright, you got a pass. Tell me about it. Let me hear it from your perspective. Like, and sometimes she get in the car and she vent and she just goes like. And then she feel a little better. And Then now we could go eat lunch and enjoy time. You know what I'm saying? But right. just, you got to be able to just get to their to their level. Things are completely different right now. It ain't like how we was when we were growing up.
1: Yeah, something we got. You know what I'm saying? With. Let me ask you a question, though, to go back to your mental health. Where were you mentally? Like, how long did it take you to get out that space once he passed away? I'm not out
2: the space. You never get out the space. Um, ever. It never changes. Like, it's so crazy because when I got the phone call, I was painting his room. You know, I just got the house... He hasn't even been to the crib in Georgia. You feel me? His room is getting painted. His name is on a wall. I get the phone call while I'm picking up his bedroom set. Like, wait, what? Nah, nah. can't even believe it. I couldn't even believe any of that. So it was, it was a tough one, but you never, you never get over it. Your mental health is just adapt to the situation, but you never get over it. Like, it's not even so much as you stand the funk of beating yourself up. It's more so of understanding that you just lost a child, somebody that that you that you've been in since day one for Right. You know, so everything you do now is a little bit different. I, the way I talk to people, the way I speak to people, the way I do things is completely different. I just look at everything completely different. Like, I don't take nothing for granted. I don't take a moment for granted. You know what I'm saying? I don't even, I kind of like want to understand these children's logic now because it's different. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, my mental health is, 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 is at a pace where it's, it's just steady. But I never had a chance to grieve yet. Cash, should tell you, I haven't been stopped. I haven't stopped running since October 17. <coughs> Excuse
0: me. Damn. Do you feel like you just keep yourself busy
1: to distract yes, yourself? Yes, of course. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely yes. a form of grieving.
2: Yes. Yeah, That's yeah. a form
1: of depression, not grieving. I think yeah. that's a form of yeah. both.
2: It's a form of uh, understanding that, uh you know, something dear to you is no longer here. But at the same token, you got to keep moving. Right. So do I feel like it's a form of depression? It could be. Do I feel like it's the worst part of depression? No, I think it makes me want to go even harder and do more because I know if he was here, he wouldn't want me to sit still.
1: Right, real shit. You know what I'm
2: saying? So my, my whole existence of moving forward and going harder, elevating, trying to elevate and explore and do shit the niggas thought that I probably couldn't do is because I know if I was sitting there having a conversation or a ride with my little dude in the
1: park, he'd tell me, yeah, dad, you could do that. Right. Of course it could be done. Let's, let's transition to 2020, right? I want to bring it to 2020. Like, I know a lot of people was home at that time and you started having a DJ niggas was donating. You was doing events. It was, but at home, yeah, he was one of the first guys I seen do it. And if he wasn't the first, he was definitely top three. And you was doing it on a level like you know. And what he I mean? kept yeah. it going but after the niggas even stopped. stopped you still be doing. I just yeah. seen what, yesterday night. I think he yeah, was I doing it up there
2: yesterday night so, too.
1: So, so let me ask you a question. How did that start for you? Like, where did that start from? What did, you know? what I'm saying. I yeah. know you obviously it, but where did it really like? To be
2: honest, I was in debt. Oh shit! I was in debt. I was in debt. Forty thousand uh, dollars. March. Of uh, 2020, I was in debt 40 grand, uh, maxed all my credit cards, had about a good four thousand left in my bank account. Um, I had got a phone call from the from the mayor, and uh he said to me, Um, oh, yo, we about to get ready to lock the city down. Make sure you get, you know, go food shopping and do whatever it is with your your family, because we have to lock the city down. You was in Newark at this time. I was in Newark at this oh, time. I thought you
1: was in the A for God. some reason.
2: I was in Newark. So uh this had to be March 16th. I got a video of this on my Instagram as well. March 16th was the lockdown. I got the phone call on March 13th. It was a Friday, Monday right. lockdown. Um called me Sunday and said that I had to make a video because we want to get people in tune with staying in the house, or stay in place, stay home. So I'm like, all right, cool. And in the midst of that, he gave me the green light to just like, you know, get your family stuff situated because we get ready to go on lockdown. So I'm like, all right, cool. I had about three thousand dollars in my account. I had to go food shopping for three houses: my house, my daughter' mother' house, and my mom's house, and still find a way to send money down to my son from for her house. All right, right,
1: right.
2: I had three thousand. I still had to pay rent. I still had to pay phone bill, cable, and all of that. Um. So then I start going food shopping. I spent about thirteen hundred dollars. I'm in food mm-hmm. shopping. I'm down about seventeen hundred dollars. I still got to pay bills, all of that. So now I'm just in my mind and no bullshit. And I could call him right now. My brother Juice called me with a lick. Nobody, I never told this to nobody. I'm lying. I said it one time. Exclusive. Exclusive.
1: Exclusive. Exclusive. Outside of that live. This is real exclusive. My
2: brother Juice called me with a lick from a young lady who used to work at Forever 21 in Short Hills Mall. Right. At the time, um, the mall was closed. They had already closed all the malls. There was no malls open. But she had the keys to the safe and said it was $67,000 in the safe.
1: Oh, man. I would have been there. Go ahead.
2: Real shit. Mm -hmm. That was on Sunday the the 15th. I went to Sunday the 15th at 2 o'clock in the morning. I got up and went to church in Patterson, CFC Christian Fellowship with Reverend Rouse. And out of that moment, the Reverend called my name and told me to stand up. First and last dance. The church I got... Saved in with Miss Troublefield, Miss up there, right, Patterson. Shout out to them. Uh, called my name. I haven't been to that church in like, I want to say 10 years. Called my name, stood up, and this pastor told me to sit still. Wow. Yeah. That pastor said my first and last name and said, I remember you. You used to come here with Miss Troublefield, Pastor Renee Troublefield, and that reverend told me to sit still. Don't worry about nothing. Just sit still. And I ain't understand what that meant at the time because I'm like, I got to pay bills. I got to be outside. I got to make something happen.
1: Yeah. And somebody just said, they got a lick.
2: And I got a lick. That was supposed to go on at 10 p.m. that night. I got out of church, went and grabbed some food. I'm with juice. We get to the house. I'm like, all right, I'm chilling. I'm relaxing. Did all the food shopping. Did all of that. Cleaned the house. Did all of that. Wash the clothes. I'm chilling. We were supposed to link up at 1045 on the highway with a dummy vehicle. Mm. I fell asleep, ain't wake up to 3 o'clock in the morning. By accident. But By accident. I was just tired after doing everything. Stayed in the crib. I just relaxed. That Monday, on the 16th, Channel 12 News and everybody was saying that they were shutting down the city of York. They did a press conference. I'm like, damn, what the fuck am I going to do? I missed the lick. They about to clear out the safe. So I said, fuck it, I'm going to go live. I need to do something to ease my mind real quick. Man, I got on live on Monday, March 16th, 2020. Got on live at 7 p.m. I didn't get off live till 10. Three hours. Ugh. I made $8,000 that first live. My In three, three hours? In three hours. Cash my issue through. Through. My my was, was never to even do it for money. It was just the love I had. Let me just do something to relieve myself.
0: Dude.
2: Went up there and somebody like, All yeah, cash put app? your cash app up there. And I'm like, my cash app? I'm going to put my cash app up here. I'm, now I'm thinking like...
1: They scamming.
2: That and my ego. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like I ain't niggas tagging. don't know
2: me from being a nigga yeah. who was in the negative. They know me from being a nigga who it was up.
1: up. Yeah. yeah, you
2: feel me? So I put it up there. Shit start ringing, ringing, <laughs> ringing, ringing, ringing. I'm like, man, what the fuck? Going live, shit going crazy. Ten o'clock, get off. I'm like, yo, don't. I'm about to do an after dark set. I'm gonna go on from twelve to two. I just got all finished turning up. Everybody turned up. Now we want them to wind down. Twelve to two, I get up there. So made you're another
0: responsible four. for some of them quarantine babies.
2: My nigga, I'm I'm responsible <laughs> for a lot of that shit. Well,
1: how much you made? Go back to what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So twelve to two, you went up there and made another made, what?
2: I made another four thousand from twelve to two.
1: Lord, lord, I'm up 12.
2: twelve, but you I ain't up because remember, keep in mind, I'm still in debt forty yeah, grand. Yeah, yeah. So my mind ain't thinking I got twelve thousand right now. My mind thinking like,
1: I just took the debt down. Twenty eight to go. I gotta right. keep going. Yeah.
2: I get up the next day. Shit, everything locked down. Food and house, we chilling. Juice, cooking breakfast. You're like, yo, what time are you going live? I'm like, I don't know. Let me get Frost over here. Let me get Frost. Frost can just start up the live session. We just rock and roll from there. Frost go live. Everything going good. Now we up there from seven to eleven. Cash app going crazy. Made another eight grand.
1: I'm I like, you, I'm Damn. gonna hit Frosty with. I hit Frosty with a
2: thousand. It's hit love. Frosty with a thousand. Good. Oh. So we kept going. We kept it going. And I started day one, day two, night one, night two, night three, night four. I just kept it going. Doubling up. Seven to 11. Go back on live 12 to two. After dark session. Kept doing it. I done sent
1: 15 in that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Kept that shit going.
2: No bullshit, bro. I want to say about April 10th, I'm at 50 grand in my fucking account, bro. I'm out. A month later. Not even a
1: month. Oh, less than a month. Less
2: than a month. I'm out of debt. I got 10,000. I got to keep going. Pay all my credit cards off, everything off. I'm up ten thousand. I'm like, all right, now I gotta start find a way to generate more revenue on top of what I'm doing. Live was just cool, but now I got, I want more. So what I started doing is brand and Facebook Lounge. Yeah. Everything is a brand now. Facebook Lounge, fly. Give me, I need a flyer. I need a, I need a dude to do a flyer for me every day. Now I'm turning into a business. I'm paying my flyer man hundred dollars a week. Yeah. You feel me? hundred dollars a week. Give me three. Give me four. Give me five flyers. Every day he had a fly for me. Day one, day two, day three. Every day I had a fly. Every day was a theme. Monday was turned up. Tuesday, $2 Tuesday. Wild out Wednesday, throwback Thursday, f- fuck them up Fridays. Every day was Wilder. a wild. Going crazy. Now I start getting shirts. Went and spent mad money on all the equipment for the shirts. Juice sat down and learned how to press the shirts and do all of that shit. He learned it. We start going crazy. Now I'm we're going How much you hit Juice with? Juice was getting paid, I want to say, $1,500 every Thursday. During the pandemic... I'm asking him
1: this for a reason. That's how you build a team.
2: The fly dude was making money. Juice
1: was making money. I was making money. Frosty made money. Frosty
2: made money. money. And every DJ I had on my show... Made money. Made money. Samil, Frank White, Uh any DJ that I ever brought up there... But love money. it, everybody that I brought up there got paid for being up there.
1: That's love.
2: You know what I'm saying? During the pandemic, mind you, we on lockdown. Start selling shirts, crazy, all types of colors, all of that shit. Then I start selling shot glasses, wristbands, posters. I was sign posters with my name on it.
1: How much you made off the that
2: We used to buy about the shirts. We bought about 20 dozens. I was selling the shirts at 25 apiece and the hoodies at 40. I was killing them. They sold out. Completely sold out every seven days. I was sold out. I got videos that I'm gonna send y'all so y'all can put up there too of me and Juice going to the fucking post office with two big ass garbage bags Mm. full of merch to just send out. You feel me? I'ma send y'all another video on my first on my on my my I wanna say the my first after dark night when I made about four thousand, my cash app is closed. I screen recorded it and I opened it and that shit came up. Four thousand two hundred and some change. I'm gonna see y'all that video so you can uh-huh. get that, shit need need that. that. You feel you me? this, Rico.
1: So oh yeah, we need that.
2: My main thing is like I kept it going because the people were enjo- enjoying themselves and I was generating. I'm out of debt. I'm up ten by what May. I'm up fifty thousand out of debt. The end of May, beginning of June, I'm up a hundred grand. I want to say. My credit going up, I'm going crazy, investing in getting my shit together, lining all my shit up. Everything I said I was going to do when I get up again, I started doing. Last time I got a, my, my record deal with Atlanta Records, they they shot me off on $250,000 cash and a $400,000 marketing budget. I cut the $400,000 marketing budget down to two hundred and fifty dollars and told me to give me $300,000 in cash. Team Little Man Anthem in my part one and two had already generated enough money for me to compensate that. Mm-hmm. I had to do a 24-video deal uh, and that was two videos a, a one per month for two years I had got out of my contract in 19 months. I was already out. They already recouped and all of that shit. I already generated it. So when it came time to re- renew, I didn't renew, but I blew that money.
1: Right, yeah. right. on
2: dump shit. Yeah. Rinktoons, clothes, Mozzie, dump shit. Just, I, <laughs> know you I the didn't the understand Mazi. the importance of the money when I had it. I didn't, like, ah, I got money, whatever. Then I always told myself after... When I got down again, the next time I give up, get up, I'ma do it right. This was that that time I got up again.
1: And you did everything you said. I Did everything
2: I said I wanted to do. By January, I bought my first house on inauguration day, January 20, 2021. Got my first house, you feel me? Five acres, six bedrooms, four, five bathrooms.
0: Talk movie talk, Movie
2: theater. So you feel me? Like that was the first thing I did. Next thing, I wanted to get all my jewelry. Went to cop me a nice little roly. You know what I'm saying? Right. I see you shining, dog. I see you shining, dog. Everything that I wanted to do outside of me being a responsible dealt with the money, I did it. Yeah. Then came the vacations, pointless shit. Then the vehicles. Went and cop me a nice little 750 BMW. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Nice little, uh, my SRT was already going. I had my Impala already moving. So just doing shit that I knew I wanted to do, investing. Then I start doing investments, booking parties, doing, you know, Trey Song shit, right. booking artists, doing, doing shit yeah. like that. But the most important thing of it, it was when everybody was kicking me down while I was going live, saying this nigga got his cash up, he's still going, he's still going, not knowing that I had a goal at the end of the
1: day. Right, right. My right. goal
2: was, yeah, I was... Capitalizing off everybody, but I was giving them a service. This was a service. Like, nah, you just did. You know, was know For
1: sure. It I for was sure definitely was
2: creating, it and it made me feel so good because people were really sending me there. Uh, like their their love letters, like oh my God, if it wasn't for you, I'd have committed suicide.
1: I was stuck in this place. It was just a dark space. Bro, I almost had another baby, bro. I had I had that joint <laughs> on. I just let it rock when you do the after dark. Joints. I got it. I'm gonna send it to you right now. It's I'm, after going, night. I'm it's,
2: going crazy. It's after dark night ninety four. After dark, I'm going crazy. Okay.
1: Yeah, after, <laughs> <94. I>, <laughs> after dark night ninety four. After dark night ninety four. I <laughs> said your name, hey look. Right, right, hey Lord. You know yes, what I'm saying? I see you over a... there with you, your you, your wife. You see me already
2: because that's my favorite after dark.
1: I had that. That's why I sent that. I said that uh that payment because uh, I, I knew I was what I was about to you start know what doing. Let's like uh, keep it going. Don't, uh, let me influence my boy to keep going. Don't stop this job for me. Not, not I need yet. I don't pop one of them uh blue yeah. <laughs> chews. Not yo. the
0: gas station.
1: So, so let's get to some nonsense, oh, bro. Shit. All right, yeah, that I'm gonna ask you some nonsense, right? I got a segment up here. What's the segment, GF? Fuck
0: all the small talk. Don't get scared. <laughs> <laughs> get scared Fuck all the small talk. <laughs>
1: Yo, is it true when you was out there doing what you were doing when you was younger, did you just pop any of the teenagers when you was an adult? I had to ask you that, like, any underage women. I had to ask you this. The people wanted me to ask you
2: this. No, nah, I, never, I never crossed the line to uh, jump out the window to deal with any young young ladies
1: at all. Um, and I think that the it people was a think you, cabin, Frosty. No, nah. <laughs> oh, I said Frosty crossed the lines. Wow, yeah. I, mean, I mean, little man. I never, never edit that me. part. I, 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 not, I, I, not my
2: boy. I never crossed the lines because I knew the importance. I got a daughter. No, I know my risk. I knew that I would be jeopardizing me being a father if if, right. if I was to get a, get off me charged. So,
1: right. you did, know, you, did you ever get like any pushback from doing them teen parties? and you? Was I a never dub? got
2: pushback because you got to keep in mind, nobody catered to the kids. I did that. Right. Everybody, everybody forgot about the kids. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like When everybody kept saying, little man's still doing teen parties, I said, well, little man keeping kids off the streets for four hours, right. keeping did, them safe. Because that era's done now. Did my, you my get little that nephews and they don't got nothing Tory to do. T?
1: Oh, that's a good oh, question. That, yeah. I don't think they heard you. G, I'll say it again.
0: Did you get that blueprint from DJ R-I-P, T? RIP, RIP, Torrey T. You know I'm a hit squad, nigga. I know. Uh, I
2: want to say that the blueprint that Torrey T left by was uh. I can't—I can say that I got the concept from Tory T. And the reason why I say that is because I don't know what a blueprint looked like. I wasn't behind doors yeah, planning yeah. the process. I didn't understand that. The blueprint would be they they put it on the table for everybody to understand from top to bottom what it would be like to throw a youth party. I only had the, the perception of what it may look like. Oh, people charging at the door, security, a venue, a nice DJ and sound. That's the perception. The blueprint would be laying out the fundamentals of it. Like, well, you know, you gotta have this amount to do this to do that. You can make this much if you do this. You gotta sell concessions and do that. That'd be the blueprint layout. So I won't say that the the his squad gave me the blueprint, but they definitely inspired me to be able to, to keep the legacy Cause, going cause on.
0: Because you kind of had like hit squad meets DMS type vibe. Yeah, yeah, you And was you know what's so
2: crazy? And I always He was a hybrid.
1: This. He was the first hybrid.
2: But keep in mind, I want to be very frank, and I say this all the time: none of them motherfuckers believed in me.
1: Damn, they well, was asking to
2: book you and yes, t- those conversations. Of course. I had one time Tory T threw me on the stage. and I remember this. I'll never forget. It was at the Robert Tree Hotel. Neo was supposed to come. Neo never came. While I DJed already, Tory didn't want to DJ because Neo wasn't coming. He threw me on the stage and I DJ. And
1: you went crazy? You went, went crazy.
2: I went crazy. I'm talking about wall-to-wall pack. This is the Tri-State Ballroom. It's flooded in there. It's crazy. the
1: Tri-State Ballroom.
2: It's crazy, They it had to be every bit of six thousand motherfuckers. Robert Treat it. used to be what it was it? And I didn't get paid, and I wasn't bitching about it because I felt like it was a platform that they gave me to be on that shit. Right, but, right, right. Um, you know, even with shout out to Cash, shout out to uh, uh, Kira. uh shout out to Kara, definitely Kara. Oh, shout out to Bell, man. Bell is a good dude. I always used to say, let me do DMS team parties. And ah, little man, we got Reef. We good. We going high. Oh, I
0: forgot about Reef. Yeah. DJ Reef, my God. Yeah, my number Damn one. Man. That's my dude.
2: But they never gave me an opportunity to be able to, 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 to show my uh my craft and talent, which I felt was great because it, t- it taught me that the same thing that being a producer and a DJ, like, I got to do it on my own. I got to get it done. Right.
1: Being that you was the first, one of the first DJs in our city, like, you know, Essex County, probably the whole jersey. To have like a record deal. You was the one to have a real record deal. Yeah. How do you feel? Like what do you feel like your responsibility is? You know what I mean? That you was one of the cause you got one before the artist was even getting one. You seen how hard it was for us, and you was, you know what I mean? You was doing it with the artists, you know what I mean? Having some of them rap on your jaw. and you was have, breaking the dances, dances we ain't even know. You yeah. know, people we ain't even know, we had no clue who they were. And the
0: piggyback mean? on Louis question. Do you feel like you get the credit you deserve as an artist? Because you're not just a DJ, you're right, artist. Right, right, that's what I'm saying. Your number's right after Fetty Wap, as far as
1: New Jersey artists, exactly. in my opinion. And when it comes to the best, you you never really mention when it comes to that.
2: Uh, as far as the first question, um... <sighs> I'm going to come back to the first one. The second question, I don't really get the recognition, but I don't give a fuck.
1: All right.
2: Cause I, I know I know what I was doing before I was doing it, right? Like nobody was doing what I was doing when it came to doing party shit. Like you had a few videos up, but you ain't have a consistent flow of videos. Like nah. you know what I'm saying? Everything I did is documented. Everything. Literally, you could go on my you could go on YouTube now and search DJ Lilman and look at videos from 6, five, six, seven, packed events, parties, and and shit that was created. So right. sometimes f- fuck all of the credit. I don't really care. Like, the proof is there. You know what I'm saying? If somebody really wanted to be able to to do some research based upon, they could go up there and look at that shit. And I don't really be fighting for credit. Like, credit don't pay the bills. That's That's real shit. I don't... But I just had to address some other but shit. But I, I don't... What you had to address? Yeah, I'm about to say because yeah, yeah, the D30 to shit... Fuck all the small, t- talk all the small stuff again. Because the part D30 part shit, the 30
1: shit, the sturdy shit, it was kind of different. Like, you, it, yeah. you feel like, like you had mentioned it, like, kind of like you was kind of...
2: So, my thing is, it's like, yo, listen, don't say, oh, we don't dance like these motherfuckers. Like, we the
1: blueprint of this dance
2: shit. Nah, boss. So, look, and let's just be very frank. Blueprint... Meaning that this dance shit, meaning we was the first ones really videotaping, putting shit out, consistently flows. Talking about cell phone.
0: Tutorials. Every it.
2: day I would be recording my dance team putting up a video on my page. Right. Tagging and building their brands, right? To the point where everybody got hipped onto to what we was doing and we started collabing with them, showing these niggas how to do the shit. Right. And shout out to Philly and shout out to Baltimore dance teams and the dances community because it took us a long time for all of us to come together. Right. And shout out to the DJs. You got some of them that play the fence, but fuck them. I ain't with none of the fence shit. Y'all gotta tell the facts like it is, nigga. Like yeah. you gonna say the real or you go yeah. on the other side and it's green on you. I'm fuck all of that. I don't need no yeah. relationships in this shit. Like, I'm good. God, oh, God, Man, that's rock so fuck my all whole this shit rock yeah. with the D sturdy dude, he's a younger dude, and everybody using that as an excuse, but his people around him is older. They should be schooling him.
1: Right. So you it ain't his fault. It's his OG fault.
2: I feel like it's his fault, for lack of knowledge. Don't go on an interview saying that you don't want to do that and it's the same. He's like, "This was we was doing this shit when you was in 8th grade.
1: Or probably just born. 6th grade. Like Swinging that shit. Cash you know what used what to be swinging that
2: shit, Paul. Like, real <laughs> shit. I just feel like, as a, as a, as a whole, if you're going to be doing something and you don't know the read, like, it really costs nothing for you to say, you know what? We got our own little twist to it, but we was inspired by Jersey dance. Right, Shout right. out to Jersey but we got our own thing called sturdy with it, like
1: right. That's you know yeah, yeah, that's the proper way to go about it.
2: That's it. I'd have been like, oh, why? That's a young. But let me share this shit. Hell yeah! Shout out to Jersey. Shout out to them. Right. They got a new thing going on because you know what? Philly got some talent out there, right? And I fuck with Philly. Like I fuck with Philly crazy. Like I used to always be on Temple. You
1: know, you're the, the first nigga. the first thing that brought me out there, had me perform out there in Philly, and, and it's so crazy. And You was DJing out there. You was like, y'all Yo, gonna give you a platform? to bring you out here, let you perform. That might have been ten years ago. It had or to be like about
2: that. that that was the last that was the last party i threw in philly it was yeah, about yeah. 10 years ago so yeah as far as the d sturdy shit like i don't i don't feel no type of way we're not arguing and debating about a dance we debating and arguing about the fact that you could have just paid homage it's, it's simple
1: that's real shit i don't
2: give a fuck about a dance and everybody that people dance when they happy people dance when they mad people dance when they got a piss and, and he could have opened up a new network for himself too that could have been a whole well all right well look d sturdy like let's get them niggas we could have cross-marketed that you know exactly what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're not arguing Made about the bigger. dance. I just want to be very clear. It's not about the dance. It's, it's about, about the respect. respect. Yeah. And it's the principle. It's so simple to say, yo, look, I, you know what? We inspired by them. We don't do it completely like them. We do it our way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. I would not respect that shit. Like, yeah, it's the rocket hips. Y'all just do a little twist to it. That's cool. Right. Same shit. Niggas is sampling old music right now. It's right. the same right. shit, but right. it's right. a different twist to it. I ain't mad yeah. right. at that. Right. Do what you got to do. But don't try to... Sh- sh- it and shun it like it ain't nothing, nigga. We, the, we are the blueprint. Right. You know what we, I'm saying? As far as Baltimore, people just got to understand the history of stuff. Like, the club beat isn't... It was started in Chicago, then went to Baltimore. Tamil so had a relationship with all the OGs over there, got permission from the OGs to say, listen, I want to start something in Jersey, and then it went from there. Philly in between there somehow, you know... They, they, the, the, uh, Samil and them adapted some of those, uh, Philly DJs and kind of created brick Bandits in Philly. So everybody kind of like on the same page into twining, but nobody was fucking with Jersey Club when we was doing this party. Everybody was like, oh, that's some gay shit. Oh, that's some whack shit. Yeah, yeah, they, they of, gangsta outside, but they, they dancing dance. in the parties.
1: Yeah, yeah they, I was one of them. I ain't gonna lie, yeah. I, was, I was down. Niggas
2: to be in there turning up, and you, then you then get I outside, they the got, got five glocks at your ass. They be the nigga, monsters outside dancing. You know
1: what I'm saying? And outside, they knocking you there, knocking your, your fucking yeah. head off off
2: the rip. So, like I said, everybody, nobody wanted to fuck with club when I was pushing that shit from top to bottom. Nobody wanted to fuck with it. Oh, ah, right, that shit gay. That shit whack. Now all the niggas, all the homeboys who were saying yeah, that shit gay whack. Like yeah, my daughter look up to you, bro. Could you take a picture with me? Like yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, no problem. You just came on, right? All right. And how
0: you yeah. feel about this New Jersey Drills Club music? Drill I feel like it's an
2: elevation, man. Like, you know, everything evolves. It is what it is. I think it's send, my personal opinion is it's in mixed messages, right? Jersey Club is built off fun and having a great time. We can't right. be bang, bang shooting it up and right. then dancing at the same time, although we know that that is our product. We yeah. got a lot of gangbangers.
1: Yeah, because you dance. Ju- you just said it. Yeah, you just yeah. did it, dance in the club and exactly. shoot it up that outside was the, the club. That
2: was the real deal of it. We ain't talk about it.
1: Yeah,
2: we ain't say it. We did
1: it. Right,
2: right. So I salute them for doing it because it is another split off evolution. You feel me? And it is growth, but right. at the same token, it's kind of like you know, it's Jersey Club. It's just another it's drill. So I don't I don't dislike it. I just want to be very clear on it just crosses the borderline of what message are we sending to our children while doing Jersey Club and drill?
1: So before we get out of here, I need you to answer that question. Being that you were one of the first to get a record deal, yeah. what's your responsibility to everybody? You know, I mean, how did you feel when you first got I it? I think well? it's
2: important even for me with, with with having that deal is to understand the business. My first deal was I had a $450,000 advance and a $500,000 marketing budget. And some people look at that as a lot of money. Right. It is a lot of money when you don't have a lot of money. But if you ain't making that much money, it ain't a lot of money because you're going to be in debt until you pay that back. Right. So you got to have a strong team. Shout out to Management Starsky. Shout out to my lawyer, Cleve. Like We had set, sat at tables days at a time to figure it out. Well, since you've already generated this on this song and that song, why don't we go back in and negotiate what you already have and then tell them to throw the rest of that to the marketing budget because that's unrecoupable. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Instead of me going in for the four fifty, taking a kill on the advance and got to pay it back, and then getting five hundred on the marketing, why don't you just give me two hundred on the advance and throw nine hundred towards the marketing? Man. Because they don't get money back for marketing. Right. That's it's a signing bonus and an advance. Right. They don't recouping the marketing is not in the deal at all. Right. So my 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 role into to playing with and letting people know what this deal shit is, you just got to have a great team with you. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta have a good team, and nine times out of ten, labels ain't even talking to niggas if they ain't got a lawyer right. or a manager. They not talking to you. It ain't nothing to really talk about unless they gonna have the A and R be your manager, which is conflict of interest because now he getting twenty percent plus another twenty off of bringing you in. He forty right. in, right? So unless he really, you know, killing you right now, that's the only way it's gonna work. But I just feel like it's a lot of people that 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 it that are that is going to get a deal real soon. That just need a, a strong team around them. You know what I'm saying? So I just tell everybody, whoever whoever talking to these labels is cool and is cute, <laughs> but if you ain't got a strong team, what, you going to get screwed. That's why a lot of niggas start complaining about their deals because the paperwork look good at the beginning when they throwing this money at you, but when it comes time to have to give that money back, and another thing, you got to understand how they want their money back. Right. If they give you $250,000 and they taking 20% of 100, and you, you think that that 80% is coming to you, it's not. That 80% is going into a reserved account until they, they recoup in 20% mm. until they get to 100. Although you are getting 80, you would think to say, no, just take my 80 with the 20% and we good. No, it don't work like that. They want 20% every month until it totals up to however much they got from that they gave you in total, but through 20%. Not 20% plus your 80. Your 80 going to sit into an account until you recoup. 50%, and then they're going to give you the remaining balance of that. Right. So people just got to understand the number game. I, I got screwed when I got my first YouTube deal thinking that I was going to be... Uh, and by the way, I was the second nigga to ever get a YouTube deal outside of Salento. Uh, Watch, Watch me win. Watch me Nene. nay then me, then came D-Lo with the... Uh, uh, Bet you can't whip like me. Hey. Can't merely rock. Like, we was the first three people who YouTube actually gave them a video deal for those shits. Um, but I thought by signing directly with YouTube... It would be a clean cut. And it was. We recouped and everything was good, but I didn't understand the magic of the money. Because although we was making $10,000 a month on YouTube, they only was taking $2,000. And they will only take $2,000 and leave the rest into a reserve account. Once that $2,000 gets to whatever the amount they gave me, then they'll give me another one.
1: Mm. So
2: if I'm taking a $75,000 video deal, out of that $75,000, they're going to keep collecting $2,000 a month. Mind you, you're making $10,000 a month. They're going to keep taking $2,000 a month until they get to $75,000. They don't even care about that other $8,000. They don't even look at that shit. Right. But on the flip side of it, they're going to sell you. Well, yeah, we got another $75,000 for you. Mind you, it's been your whole
1: 80%.
2: Yeah. It's been your 80%. That $8,000 that has been sitting, that's been accumulating. that's just already been your money. they just giving you another deal Right,
1: right. with well, that. And
2: then they're going to keep you in there to keep that $2,000 accumulating. So you just got to have people around you to pay attention to little shit like that. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I don't ever want another deal. All
1: right.
2: You got any artists? I don't. And I don't because people don't believe in themselves. And not only that, they're liabilities. A lot of the rappers and the people that I really want to fuck with who really get busy are liabilities. They in the street. I can't invest money in you. You wanna go be locked up. I gotta like, I'm good.
0: Right. You sound like
2: Louie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Everybody. I got Yo. some good ass, dope ass, you know, artists who really get to it. I don't consider them to be mine. I'll do a partnership with them. I right. won't do a let me manage you shit. But I'm not investing into them, it'd be, it and be hard
1: up. to me me invest on in other artists when I'm still investing myself. I still do the music, I still dropping. I'm still streaming great. Yeah. I'm still making money off it of monthly. You know, you want me to take my money that I'm making monthly? It took me years to make. Yep. Invested in you. Yep. And you not even put out a video. Not only that, you got to keep in mind is the money and the
2: work that you put in that you got to work towards yours. You still got a family and you want me to invest in you.
1: Right, right. And you want to bullshit. <laughs>
2: It's a liability. So that's the reason why I don't have an artist. And I feel like every DJ in Jersey should have an artist assigned, but they just liabilities in my opinion. All right. You know
1: what I'm saying? Well, little man, we appreciate you coming oh, up here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Messing with us, man, having those interviews. You ain't yeah. have an interview in a minute. This is one of the first Actually, in a while. Yeah,
2: We had another one a uh, long time ago on Orange.
1: That was years ago, though. Yeah, that, that was one. like, oh, my God. Five, six years ago. You remember that? That was... You
2: remember but that? That was with... Uh, Creative control. Yeah, uh, creative
1: uh, yeah, control. Yeah, we pay that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One uh, uh, oh, now he was, I remember, and I remember yep, now. That yeah. was our old studio. Yeah, yeah. You remember yeah, that joint? Remember, remember, remember that was that was five, six years ago. I
2: forget what that was. I was talking my shit on that one too. Yeah,
1: this is a different type of talk. This is oh, yeah, man man's talk, talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? man. The cameras look different. You know The, I mean, the audience different. different.
2: Everything is different, man. I just want everybody to be great in it and learn the business, man. It's important.
1: Right.
2: You know, stay the fuck out the way.
1: Salute. We appreciate y'all. This beards and bottles.
2: You did. Yeah.